Welcome back to the Radically Christian Bible Study Podcast. We're going to be putting out episodes consistently again. This first episode is the beginning of a series of discussions Wes and I will have on kingdom parables. I hope you enjoy this study. Wes, welcome back. Thanks, Travis. I'm very glad to be back to the Bible Study Podcast. We were just sitting here talking about how long it's been. Yeah. And it's been longer than we should admit on, it, on, for re- sure. on recording. For sure. <laughs> yeah. It's been since July, I think July 20th, the last episode came yeah, out. Yeah. That's a long... And in 2020, that's seven years. That's seven years. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time. I, I, I've been preparing already for years from now when somebody asks me how long i've worked at mcdermott road yeah i'll say things like i have been here for 20 years yeah but 37 of those years <laughs> were in 2020 so yeah you gotta you gotta yeah. factor in the tacking on yeah it's like years dog here. years and human years 2020 years are something else <laughs> i'm not exactly sure how to do the math yet i think once it all shakes out then we'll know how to do the math on that's 2020 right. years but that's yeah. right but yeah it's good to be back it and, is um, good to be back Let's uh, let's get into our our subject for today. Cool. Well, we were you and I were talking. I was trying to remember exactly what prompted that conversation. I still don't really know exactly what prompted it, but yeah. we were talking about parables, and we thought, hey, that would be a good that would be a good subject. In fact, it'll probably take us several, at least two, but probably more than that. Sure. Um, and and especially about the kingdom. So mm-hmm. I think that there's multiple layers there of things we can talk about. One is kingdom, mm-hmm. like what does that mean? Um, and then two is the way Jesus explained what the kingdom was right. was through parables. And I think we we have this tendency to oversimplify the kingdom, and we wouldn't if we listened to the parables rightly. But I think one of the reasons we don't listen to the parables rightly is because we oversimplify. That tends to be our problem, right. uh, that we oversimplify what a parable is. Mm-hmm. How did you grow up hearing or being explained what a parable was? Like, how would you have defined that? I think it was, I, I think especially when you're a kid growing up in the church, you sort of have this perspective of like, like they're, they almost seem tailor-made to be kids stories sometimes. Yes, yes, like, yeah. There's, there's sort of a, you know, Jesus is such a great storyteller. They're yeah. very visual. Yeah. Um, and maybe you skip over some of them for young kids that are, you know, I, I think like the rich man and Lazarus, that one probably didn't get didn't too get much, a whole lot of play time, too much of my curriculum until <laughs> like in, until high school or, you know, around there. But, but yeah, like the good Samaritan, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, it's such a visual parable. It's, you know, it's so easily told, I think, um, especially to kids. But then as we were talking about, it's like, I think sometimes I, I do a lot of reflecting on how, well, am I missing something? Because it's super easy to, th- yeah. I think, especially, you know, in, the, in, in growing up in the church, you sort of think you have this concept of the Bible as a whole and certainly specific stories like those that you've heard yeah. so many times. And, yeah. you, you know, oh, I don't need, I, I don't need to go into detail about that one. I've heard that one before, but it's yeah. like, and you go back and read one. And I, I know one of the things that prompted that conversation now that I'm thinking about it was uh, we had a guy to a, a guest speaker right, come and right. talk about the parable of the wheat and the tares right. this summer and here at McDermott. And th- that was one I'd heard, but I don't know that I could recall somebody preaching on it yeah. and uh, or really hearing much about it or, or certainly not delving into it myself. And it, it really blew me away how complex the story he's telling is yeah yeah and and how it's it's you know and jesus makes this point to his disciples at one point 
they're not they're not supposed to be easily understood. No, exactly, exactly. And I yeah, I think that is where our conversation started yeah. was that we tend to think yeah, you mentioned Jesus was a good storyteller, mm-hmm. and I think that's true. But I think that we tend to think of a good storyteller in in the sense of he makes his communication more easy to understand by telling right. this illustrating type story. Yeah. Jesus' parables were not illustrations. Like right. I think we have to be really clear about that. They weren't illustrations. The way I always heard it growing up was they're an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Right. And and I don't think that's a very good definition either. In fact, I think the best way to think of the parables is as a riddle. Mm. And, and I think riddle really helps us to understand that it's supposed to have some mystery to it. It's supposed to be intriguing. It's supposed to be provocative. Right. And I think, to your point earlier about there being cho- tailor-made for children's stories or yeah, children's curriculum, it does seem that way. Yeah. And I think that's because we're not familiar with the genre of mm. parable within, especially within Judaism. Um, but, you know, one of the things I was thinking about this this morning, that if you think back to one of the earlier parables in Scripture, it would be Nathan. When Nathan goes and talks to yeah. King David, he tells him this parable, and and behind the scenes we know, you know, the, the reader knows that, that David has had an affair with Bathsheba and has murdered her husband, Uriah. And so Nathan comes and tells him this parable in order to accuse him of his sin and to say, God knows what you've done, kind of right. a thing. And, and he tells him this story. And and I was thinking, because we know the backstory and because we know what the story is supposed to mean, we don't teach this story like to kids as an illustration, right. even though on the surface it might seem like a, a like a fairly simple story. So the story right. goes like this, you know, and I was trying to think like how would we make it, you know, take strip away the familiarity to it yeah. so that we would see just how provocative it is. And he tells this this story about this rich guy, we'll call the rich guy Fred and the the poor guy Bob and and the poor guy Bob has a sheep, a lamb that's more like a pet. I was thinking like, you know, now people call their dogs fur babies, like this mm. would be like a wool baby, like I mean yeah. like I mean like <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't an animal that he was planning on eating or, you know, or you know, killing at any point. It was it was a pet. It was like a it was like a family member to him. He right. loved this family member. And so the rich guy, Fred, has a visitor come to his house. And and Fred, I mean, is incredibly wealthy. He has money and he's got animals and he's got whatever. And this visitor shows up and is hungry. And instead of harvesting any of his animals, he's like, I mean, what kind of a sick idea is this? He's like, hey, my neighbor Bob over here yeah. has this lamb that he loves. And I'm going to take it and slaughter it yeah. and serve it for dinner for my guest. Like, what a horrible human being that would be. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go next door and get my neighbor's puppy dog and slaughter it for the visitor. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a horrible story. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's horrible and it's provocative. And so, of course, when David hears this story, he's outraged. Like, yeah. who would do this? And, of course, Nathan turns the story around and says, you're the man. I think we have to understand that that's the way parables are used in Scripture that's the way the rabbis used parables. That's the way Jesus used parables. Right. He was using parables not to like paint this pretty little picture and be like, hey, here's a good way to think of it. Here's a good little illustration. Yeah. But to but to get people outside of themselves and right. to look at a situation and if they're paying attention and if they're willing 
to be convicted by it. Yeah. Now, now, of course, like a riddle, it's really easy to just write off, or it's it's really easy to hear it the wrong way, right? You know, and and not and not be convicted by it. And yeah. that's exactly the problem that that the parables presented is that some people heard them for what they were, mm-hmm. and other people just dismissed them or didn't understand them or were like, well, that's dumb. I don't understand what he's talking about. Right. Um, and so they would just walk away. And that's what frustrated the apostles about the fact that Jesus is always talking in parables. And they were like, you got to stop this. Like, you got to be plain. You got to tell people exactly what you're talking about. Right. It's frustrating. And so a, a good passage that we could look at, and, and we'll get to the the parable of the, the wheat and the tares, in just a little bit, I don't know that we'll get to it in this conversation, but in Matthew 13, um, this is really, you know, after the after the Sermon on the Mount, and, you know, people are starting to follow Jesus, and there's these crowds, and it says that there's this big crowd that's a great crowd followed, gathered about him, so that he got into the boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And I mean, kind of the anticipation is building, like, maybe this is going to be another Sermon on the Mount. Maybe he's going to announce his kingship. He's going to, man, he's going to do something big, and he's going to say something great. And he says, (laughs) the first thing he says is, a sower went out to sow. And I'm sure, like, Everybody started looking at each the other disappointment. like, okay, well, what's, what's he talking about? A sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seeds, and he sowed. Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell in good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And like that's where it just stops. And so, I mean, I'm sure that they were like, what in the world? Why is he squandering this opportunity to right. tell people clearly and plainly, who are you? What are you trying to accomplish? What's going on here? Uh, when is the kingdom coming? So the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And that's that's the question. And again, it, it's more helpful. Like when we, I mean, it's really nice that we compliment Jesus and we say, Jesus was such a great speaker and he was such a great, you know, illustrator and he told great stories. I mean, that that's true. And you know, I, I want to praise Jesus for all the things that he did. Right. But let's let's not let's not compare his parables and the intention of his parables to what modern day preachers do when we tell a story to illustrate something, because right. that's not what Jesus was doing. Right. Jesus was being in, intentionally mysterious. Mm-hmm. He was he was telling riddles so that. And he's about to explain why he why he did that, why he told them those types of things. But we have to understand this frustrated even his closest disciples. It yeah. frustrated them because they were like, why, why are you talking like that? Um, so he said, and, and this is his explanation, to you, to you, to the 12, uh, it has been given, or, or maybe to the inner circle, uh, to those that understand, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them... It has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can 
can barely hear, and their eyes have been closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. So Jesus says, I mean, the same thing is that was true of Isaiah's generation is true of our generation, that they've got ears, but they can't seem to hear, and they've got eyes, but they can't seem to see. And this is why I'm telling them parables, because, right. because those people that get it and those people that are in the right mindset to listen and to hear, and those people that are willing to hear, they're going to hear, and they're going to turn, and I'm going to forgive them. But the people that that don't, that don't want to hear, and 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 that makes it sound that makes it sound very intentional, like don't want to hear and 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 don't want to see, uh, versus want to hear and. and and don't want and and want to see, yeah. Um, and and I don't know that it's that conscious of a decision. And that's exactly, in fact, what this this parable that he's telling about the sower and the seeds is really all about. Is yeah. about the fact that some people are not in the right, we might say, headspace to to hear the message of the kingdom. Right. And that's what's that's what's surprising both about the kingdom and about the the king, the sower who's bringing the kingdom and the message itself. That's what's so surprising about all of it is that they were expecting. This is the thing with the kingdom. They were expecting the kingdom to show up in the way every kingdom shows up. Right. I mean, how do kingdoms show up? Well, they show up with an army. Like yeah. that's how they show up. Like Rome became a kingdom or Israel became a kingdom by conquering. That's mm-hmm. how a kingdom shows up. But all of these parables are going to illustrate the fact that that's not how the kingdom of heaven is going to show up. Right. It's going to show up secretly and mysteriously. It's yeah. going to come in through riddles that only certain people will understand. And the people that understand it are going to embrace it. And then they're going to grow and it's going to be huge and it's going to be a big deal, but in the beginning, it's going to be very quiet, and it's going to be like somebody sowing seeds in a field. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's a shocking thing. And and the whole point is that if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. If you're not paying attention, you'll miss the kingdom. Well, to go back to your point you made about the story Nathan tells David, I think I think a lot of times when I've read, and you you alluded to this when you were saying something. Uh, a second ago about Jesus's sort of explanation. Why do I speak in parables? I think I've read that in the past, like, you know, cause it's, you know, we're aware this is Jesus. This is God talking. Mm-hmm. And it, it, sometimes I, f- I feel like I read it. I read his words as like a pronouncement. Whereas he's also, he's also, fi- he's figured something out here and he's, he's just telling it. He's not, mm-hmm. this isn't Jesus saying, you know, it's not a condemnation like and I think to your point, like it's not that they're conscious of the fact that they can't understand, and that's mm-hmm. so there doesn't even. It's not like Jesus is trying to get one over on anybody by telling by telling them what the kingdom of heaven is like in parables. It's so that the people who are in the right headspace they're going to get it. Yeah. But the people who who can't hear that right now, yeah, they're they're not necessarily going to be offended by it. Yeah. But they're just not going to get it. Well, and I, I actually, I, I think that you bring out a really good, interesting point that I hadn't really thought of it that way. I would actually say that, and I don't know if this goes along with what you're saying or not. Maybe it might be the opposite. I don't mean to argue with you, but <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, but I, but I, I think it might actually be sort of an act of judgment. Yeah. And and I think that this might be one of the ways that Jesus, you know, because 
Yeah. Even in Revelation, the idea is that he slays them with the words of his mouth. He right. doesn't come with the sword to slay his enemies, but he slays them with the words of his mouth. Yeah. And and this is actually an act of judgment in that if you don't get this, if you don't get this, then it says something about who you are. Right. And and that's actually, you know, I my headings in my Bible say the parable of the sower. Um and and I had a good friend that that pointed out the fact, in fact, uh, Sam Dominguez, who used to be, uh, when, when this podcast started out way back in the day, uh, he was one of the co-hosts, and, and he used to always say that it's not the parable of the sower, and it's not the parable of the seed, it's the parable of the soils, mm. because that's, that's the, 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 um, the thing that's being compared here yeah. is the different soils. The seed is the same, the sower is the same, and, and the, the Son of Man is coming and he's planting the seeds of the kingdom. He's spreading the word of the kingdom. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom yeah. of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And there's going to be some people that respond this way and other people that respond a different way. Right. And, and the question would be, well, why? Like, why? Why would, especially within, within the realm of of Jesus' people, of God's people, of the the children of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, why would anybody not say, I'm on board, I'm on board, I'm on board? Because they all would have said that. If if they knew for a fact, the Messiah's here, he's ready to to begin the kingdom, then everybody would say, I'm on board. Well, that's not how it's going to happen. It's going to happen through a different kind of seed planting, a different kind of announcement. And there's going to be some people who hear the exact same message and say, I'm on board. And other people who hear the message that say, eh, I'm okay. Or other people that say, I hate you and I want to kill you. Sure. Like, and, and the same people, and it's going to be the message. It's going to be this mysterious pronouncement of the judgment of the, of the kingdom. that's actually going to be a pronouncement of judgment too, because how you respond to this message is an indication of who you are and sure. and and what space your your spirit's in and so he like he explains and thankfully for our sake he explains it to the disciples and he says when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes so it's in other words it's like he's saying it's because the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So he says, hey, you remember I said that the, the sower you know, spread some on the path and, and these birds came and snatched it up. That's like the people that hear the pronouncement and they don't believe it. And the reason they don't believe it is because they, their heart is so hard right. that the evil one is just snatching up whatever is planted in their heart. And that's why they don't believe it, because this is the type of soil that these people are. Those that reject it are rejecting it because it's not because they don't have ears. It's because that right. even though they have ears, they can't hear. Well, and that's kind of, I, I think that's kind of what I was alluding to in that part where he's, where he kind of takes a break to talk about to his disciples, well, here's why I speak in parables. And he says, to whom much is given, much more will be given. And to whom, you know, little is given, even what they have will be taken away. That was what I always read as like, oh, that's Jesus saying, if I give you a little, then I'm going to give you more. And if I didn't give you much, then even what I have, I'm going to, I'm going to take away. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I've come to appreciate at least maybe it's that, but I think it's also like, that's a, that is a, I mean, you could call it an economic principle. I think it's just a principle that's very true that like, you know, 
if you get started down the right road, if you start if you start taking advantage of opportunities to understand what God's trying to tell you, yeah. all the way down to you know again like economics or or whatever, if you start taking advantage of some opportunities, you're going to get more. Yeah. But if you sort of are bemoaning the fact that you only have this one not so great opportunity, you know, then even what you have will be taken away. Yeah. And again, I think that I I think I've now come to appreciate like. He's, he's, he's teaching, but he's, he's, he's just, I, I think it just, it's just sort of seems to spill out of him. Like he's, he's teaching really, really big concepts yeah. from here's what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. Yeah. And if you can't hear that, like to your point, yeah. um, I think that was, that was something I realized as you were saying that like, it is a pronouncement of judgment in, in terms of. I was th- I was thinking of a conversation I was having with somebody, and they were noticing something about themselves. And I thought it was it was a very it was a profound self examination because it's not a fun thing to realize. Yeah. That like if they if they they were telling me if you know it's it can be hard sometimes to hear somebody talk about their life and you know oh I'm doing this I need to get better at doing this and this is sometimes I'll just immediately hear that as a judgment on me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're talking about themselves. They're yeah. just, you know, they're kind of going through their day, Yeah. but it's a judgment. On, I immediately hear it as a judgment on me. I think yeah. that's easy for us to do. And I think, I don't know. Do you think maybe Jesus knows that tendency that we have? Yeah. And he's, he's going to, this is a way using that genre of storytelling and teaching. Yeah. This is a way for him to sort of take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and the people that are, introspective and the people that are willing to be challenged that are willing to accept the judgment then then they will accept it and they will turn and and be forgiven and those that aren't willing because there's some people that aren't willing they they hear something and either they take offense at it and they reject it you know like you you were saying you know if somebody describes what's going on in their life they take offense at it and they just reject it or other people say you know what actually that's a really good point. Yeah. It is sort of a judgment on my life, but I'm going to make adjustments. I'm going to receive right. that admonishment. You know, I was, I was talking to my wife the other day about this story that um, I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast or not. But there's this there's this uh, story. I forget if I heard it in you know like some intro to psych you know class in college or something. But the idea is that there's a guy who thinks that he's dead. Like he's convinced he's, you know, obviously he's got some mental health issues, but he, he's convinced that he's a dead person and yeah. that he's sort of a zombie or something. And, and, and so he's telling his psychologist, he's like, yeah, I'm dead, you know, and, and his psychologist is trying everything he can think of to convince him that you're not dead. You're not dead. You're actually alive. And so he said, let me, let me ask you this. If, if a dead person, well, he said, do, do dead people bleed? Like, do dead people bleed? Just as a general rule, do dead people bleed? And he said, you know what? No, dead people don't bleed. He said, okay, so since you're dead, if I if I pricked you with a pen, would you bleed? And he said, no, because dead people don't bleed and I'm dead, so therefore I wouldn't bleed. I, I guess I, I wouldn't bleed. If you, if you pricked me, I wouldn't bleed. And he said, okay, fine. So he takes a pen and he sticks him and, you know, a little bit of blood comes out of his finger. And he said, huh, I guess dead people do bleed. <laughs> you know that some people yeah. are just unconvincible you right. know no matter what you say or do they're convinced and i think we're actually living through the evidence of that right now in our society in our culture that that even confronted with facts like facts mm. and you present facts to some people and 
because it doesn't match up with their ideology, because it doesn't mess up, match up with their expectation, they just reject it right. out of hand. And so that's exactly what, what Jesus is describing, is the fact that there are some people that when, when you show them, and not just with the parables, and because I think Jesus is saying here with, in this parable of the sower and the soils and the seed, he's describing a reality that, that describes everything that he does in his ministry. Right. And that when he shows up, and shows people who he is and what he's doing, and he's the fulfillment of all of the prophecies of, that that have been laid out for thousands of years, and that he is he is the new Moses, and he is the new David, and he is the new Abraham, and he is the new Adam. He is he is the fulfillment of all of these expectations and promises. That because it doesn't fit some people's ideology, it doesn't fit some people's expectation, they're just going to reject it. Right. Why is that? What's well, because the evil one is coming and snatching up what's been laid. And I think we have to recognize that not only was this true when Jesus was sowing the seeds of the kingdom, it's also true right now. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me how, how we can proclaim the good news and even religious people, even people that claim to be followers of Jesus, can just reject things out of hand and be like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't think that's how we ought to be. I don't think that, whatever. Because it doesn't match up with their philosophy, with their ideology, with their expectations, with their whatever. Right. And and even when, even when they hear Jesus saying it, even when they hear the message from the Gospels, they reject it. And, and it's because their heart is too hard, and it's because Satan is coming and, and plucking those things up. The kingdom of heaven is at hand today, just as it was at hand in the first century. And Jesus is still bringing the kingdom of God, and this message is still being sown throughout the world. And whether it's people that reject it because they want to, you know, well, I mean, he, I mean we can go on. Uh, you know, he says other things. He says, As for the one that's sown on the rocky ground, this is verse 20, Matthew 13, on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So, I mean, all of these descriptions are just as apt today as they were in the first century. And, and 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 it's not just, and I think it's really easy to read this and, and point, you know, and say, yeah, it's like those people over there. And I know a guy that's like that. And I know people like that. And that's my tendency. But I, I have to reflect on myself and say, what kind of soil am I? And when I hear Jesus say things that are more clear and more direct, things like turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. Mm. You know, when I, when I hear Jesus say, Render under Caesar, render under Caesar what is Caesar's, and, and and to God what is God's. When I hear Jesus say whatever, do I immediately receive that with joy? Mm-hmm. Do I take it in? Do I obey it? Do I build my house on that rock, or do I say, ah, Jesus, that's impractical? I don't know. You, nobody can live like that. Turn the other cheek. Nobody can live like that. Go the extra mile. That's impractical. You can't have meant, really meant that. And I let the deceitfulness of the world and the the riches and the worries or the tribulation and the persecution, whatever it is, choke out the truth that he's proclaiming. So I think we have to take what he's saying here and apply this to the whole book, to the whole gospel, and say, okay, as you listen to the Sermon on the Mount, 
as you read through the Sermon on the Mount, you are going to respond to it in one of these ways. You're going to respond to it either by being like the path, or you're going to respond to it by being like the rock or the or the thorns, or the last one. You know, you're going to to hear it and and uh, produce produce fruit. I really hope you enjoyed this Bible study, and I hope you'll subscribe to hear future episodes of the podcast. A big thank you to Travis Pauly, as well as our McDermott Road Church family, for helping to make this podcast possible. And a special thanks to all of you for listening. We love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day.